News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Good morning, Minister for Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform, Pascal Donoghue. Good morning, Kira. Um, can I start by asking you just with regard to what myself and Jonathan were talking about there? You've you've read, I'm sure, what is being said in the papers about that report on Joe Biden on, on his uh, his mental state, his, his poor memory and, and his potential inability to be found guilty should he stand trial for charges over his mishandling of emails. Um, extraordinary times in, in some ways for American politics. Do you have a view on this? Uh, yes, my view is is that uh, President Biden for his entire career has faced charges regarding fluency, regarding his ability to engage with media. And I think there are some offices and some individuals that the standard for judging them has to be a little bit higher uh, than uh, their ability to adroitly deal with a question or stand in front of a group of journalists. Uh, those tests refer to substance, they refer to temperament, and they refer to where you are in the big questions, not just of our history, but of our future. And I believe against those larger metrics, President Biden has a very, very fine record throughout his entire career and as president. So you have no concerns about his ability? Uh, uh, I Overall, uh, I actually believe he has all of the abilities that are needed to have been a very successful president and to put forward a good case come the next election. I think it's understandable in the context of two candidates that are of an older age, that these kind of issues are going to uh, uh, rise to prominence and be discussed. But as I said, particularly for somebody who's holding such a high office, I think there are other tests that are really, really important. And for those tests, uh, I believe President Biden has passed them. OK. Um, moving back to Ireland mm-hmm. and to Irish politics, um, this week's Exchequer Returns Minister, VAT, income tax and corporation tax receipts, all ahead of 2023. That sounds good. But spending is also ahead of 2023. So actually the, the surplus that we would have had had we kept spending maybe more in check is smaller than it might have been. Are we getting it right, that balance, do you believe, between, I suppose, revenue and, and, and expenditure? Yes, we are. Uh, and we are because over the last number of years now, uh, we have delivered a surplus. Uh, that means we have collected more than we've actually spent in tax revenue. The reason why it's important, I believe, to do this is twofold. Firstly, all of that surplus is made up of corporate tax revenue that over time will begin to decline. And when it declines, I don't want to see our country vulnerable to losing tax revenue that we thought we might have for a long time. That's happened to us once before. It shouldn't happen again. And secondly, for a country then who gains the reputation of running surpluses as we do and as we have now, it means when we're faced with really, really big tests as we were during covid And as we were in the early phases of inflation going up, we're in a position to respond back and to help households and businesses. So smaller surpluses, you say, are okay because our spending is up, from what I can gather here, 16.6%. One billion extra has been spent this January as opposed to last January. Yes, and there's two reasons for that. The first one is we have a number of cost of living measures. For example, the double weeks of social welfare payments that went out in January that a year ago uh, did not go out in January. They went out in December of the previous year. So we actually had planned to spend more to make some cost of living payments available at the start of this year as opposed to last year. And then secondly, we are planning a higher rate of government expenditure for this year uh, in order to continue to improve public services and continue to invest in our future. Uh, I believe for this year, we'll have another surplus that will be very high 
and that will be roughly in line with where we were last year. And I believe that's the right thing for us to be doing for the two reasons I mentioned a moment ago. Moment oh, okay. ago. I'm going to put to you one of the questions. That lots of questions are coming in to you sure. from listeners. And this one says, please ask the Minister how we're going to fund pensions in 25 years time when the projected PRSI payees will be grossly outnumbered by the number of pensioners. I suppose they won't be outnumbered, but the, the ratio will be, will be much smaller. Um, could introducing some sort of an SSIA scheme for under 30s eliminate the need for a state pension where people pay an amount and the government makes up, a, say, a 15 to 20% additional payment that could be drawn down uh, at whatever the retirement age will be by then, says the solicitor. So by the continued implementation of two plans that we have in place. Firstly, the rollout of an auto-enrolment system. Uh, it keeps getting put back. Uh, uh, but it will happen. Uh, it has got put back on a number of occasions, but we're on track to deliver us. Uh, what that basically means is that we will ask particularly younger workers and their employers to make a larger contribution to their future pension pot. And in return for that, the states will also match us. The second thing that we need to do is go ahead with the plan that we have for gradual increases in PRSI, uh, which in turn will ensure that our social insurance fund that is in surplus at the moment will continue to be either in balance or in surplus in the future. So I recognise that it is a significant challenge a little bit further down the track. But if we continue to implement those two measures, I believe it's a challenge we'll have the measure of. Minister, your colleague uh, in the Department of Finance, Finance Minister Michael McGrath, has thrown his support behind the airline's call for an increase in the cap at Dublin Airport. Now you are a North Dublin TD. What's your view on this? Uh, It is uh, a priority uh, that I share support for. The reason why I do that is because aviation is one of those few things within our economy that can be a cause of growth and a cause of more jobs coming into our country. Uh, And for that reason, it is a change that I do support. It's in line with national aviation policy, but it's also a planning matter. And it's also something that Fingal County Council and Borplanola ultimately may arbitrate over. Uh, and of course, there's a very important environmental consideration to all of this that will have to be taken account of uh, when a final decision will, is will, made. Will uh, an increase in the cap, will you be able to get it passed, your Green colleagues in, in Cabinet? Uh, well, it's a planning matter, actually. So it's up to Fingal County Council and on board plan. Should, all it, should it be up to Fingal County Council? It's a national asset. Yes, it should be because it is a planning issue. It is in line with national aviation policy where we're looking to grow the capacity of a key airport like Dublin. But when you get into an issue regarding passenger use and the impact that that's going to have, not only in local communities, but more as importantly, future infrastructure and the future of the airport, that is a planning issue. Okay. The Thornisha has entered the fray on the TV licence, the ongoing saga of what should or shouldn't happen to the TV licence. And he said perhaps it could be cut and collected by revenue. Um, What is going to happen to the TV licence? Clearly, you're going to have a lot of input into this. Uh, So the government will have to make a decision on this matter um, uh, shortly. Your view? uh, That we need to keep the television licence. So you do not favour revenue and you do not favour cutting it? Oh, I'm open to looking at uh, different options that would allow the retention of the television licence. And the reason why I believe that is two quick reasons why. Firstly, this is a licence that the majority of people in our country still pay. And secondly, this is a, a, a charge that ensures that RTE have a separate revenue stream that is not in the control of any future government. And I believe that's an essential element of how we protect independent broadcasting. 
Okay. Um, public sector pay, Minister, remains significantly higher on average than that of the private sector. And this is in the wake of, obviously, the new pay deal for public service being agreed last week. With the cost of the state amounting to, <coughs> excuse me, to 3.6 billion spread over four budget years, what do you say to, to taxpayers who are privately employed, whose tax money, the, the, what they pay into the state, is going to people on significantly higher pay than them with significantly better, I suppose, conditions in terms of their employment? So I'd say two things to those, to, to your particular listeners who don't work in the public mm-hmm. service. The first thing I would say to them is the wage growth that this agreement will deliver of approximately 4% per year this year and the following year, mm-hmm. 4.25% this year, 4% next year, we believe is in line with the average for, for wage growth in our economy overall. So we've tried to come up with an agreement that will be fair in terms of changes that we think an average will happen in other employers. Even Secondly, if they're growing at the same rate though, Minister, private sector employees are paid on average much less so underneath all of that, Kira, though, there's a little bit of nuance within it. And that nuance is, is that within our public services, it tends to show that those who are on low or middle income within our public services aren't a million miles away from what their uh, peers are paid uh, within the private sector. Those on higher levels of pay within the public sector tend to be paid a little bit less. And what I'm very conscious of in kind of comparisons like that is it's really difficult to have a comparison for a teacher, for example, and a private sector peer. Uh, Teachers provide a role that is a unique example of what the public service can do that doesn't have a market comparison. But all that being said, again, for your uh, private sector listeners, what I'd say to them is that we all have an interest in the public sector being a competitive employer because we need more engineers in the public sector. We need to have more teachers. We need to have more guards. And we have a collective interest in making that happen. And I believe this agreement has the prospect of doing that in a very, very fair way that's also fair to those in the public sector. And very lastly and briefly, Minister, obviously the proposed changes to Dublin City to the traffic uh, that are being brought in, we're hearing by this August. An inability to cross the city with ease. You're allowed to still go to Dublin, but not through Dublin is, is the line we're hearing. You're obviously, as I say, a, a North City uh, TD is this going to be good for the capital in your view? There's a huge amount of pushback we're, we're hearing on our text lines from people about this. I think overall it does have the prospect to be good. Uh, and uh, Dublin City Council have engaged in consultation with communities and stakeholders on this. I think they're going to be considering the plan later on in February. Uh, but in the second half of the 2020s, we're going to have a really large number of public transport projects coming through for the city of Dublin. Uh, that have the ability to really reshape what the city will look like. And I think if we are doing that... We then need to use this as an opportunity to look at the impact of private traffic on our city, how we can make it cleaner, how we can make it more beautiful and how we can continue to make it the fine city that I believe it is today. Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform, Pascal Dunahoo, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Kira. It is News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.